Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hey, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Pull your chair up to the cool kids table because we're going to jump right in with a very interesting interview with our guest today, Michael Hodson. Michael is the CEO and the founder of Only in VR, which I'm assuming stands for virtual reality, but he's going to tell us all about this. Michael started his career for 10 years as an attorney in Arkansas, and then he decided it was time to run away from the law, and he did something very interesting. He went on a round-the-world trip. But what I find so fascinating about his trip is he did the entire vacation without ever getting on an airplane. So I want to hear a little bit more than that. So, Michael, welcome to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. I appreciate you inviting me. It's great to be here. So before we get started about your company, tell me about this round-the-world trip. Yeah, so I I just wanted to see what extended travel was going to be like, and I like challenges. So when I shut down my law practice at the end of 2008... I decided to go around the world without getting on an airplane and went due south from Arkansas all the way to the tip of South America and then over to Africa all the way up to the tip of Norway at the top and then all the way over to China, down to Southeast Asia, Australia, New Zealand and back home, trains, cars, buses, cargo freighters and did it without getting on an airplane. It's it's sort of the big challenge. It was fantastic. (laughs) So that is fascinating. So how long was the trip? 16 months. I did six continents. I couldn't do Antarctica, unfortunately, and 54 countries. That is just amazing. So you came back and did not decide to go back and open another law practice. So tell me what you did when you get, when you got back. No, I got back and just kind of made sure all my stuff in storage was okay and then went immediately back out and started traveling again. Uh, during the time I was traveling, I had started a website called Go See Right, which still exists, and started doing travel writing, travel photography, and travel blogging, and then pretty quickly evolved into video content and uh, ended up working for four or five years there doing video content for tour companies and hotels and tourism boards and things like that. And that evolved into what I'm doing now. And tell us a little bit about the company that you have now, Only in VR. So we shoot exclusively 360-degree virtual reality video. So it's not the gaming stuff that you'll be hearing a lot about. It's actually real video. Um, we've been shooting, I transitioned from shooting uh, regular 2D framed travel video for clients to doing the same thing in in the 360-degree world. I don't understand the difference. What is it that you're doing? Okay. So regular 2D framed video is the stuff that you see everywhere. So movies, TV, YouTube, and it's there's a frame. So the director is going to tell you where, essentially by moving the camera, tell you what to look at and what the pacing is going to be and everything else. In the 360-degree world, we shoot in every direction all at once. And when you're wearing the virtual reality goggles, which you'll start hearing a lot more about in the next few months, you can, when you're wearing the goggles, you can turn around and see anything in any direction. So you've got complete control over where you want to look, what you want to observe. And when you're in the goggles, the best I can explain it is it feels like you're inside the video. So there's no screen you're looking at. You literally feel like you're standing right there in Venice or London or Sri Lanka or the other places we shot. So if I turn to the left, I'm looking at a blue building on my left. If I turn to the right, I'm looking at the yellow building on my right. If I look up, I see the sky. Is, is that the point? That's exactly right. And so the equivalent, the camera essentially acts as your head. And so wherever we shoot from, wherever we set up the camera, 
you can look around in any direction and see it just as if you were standing right there. So how in the world do you capture such a thing? I would think at some point there has to be a backside of the camera. So how do, how do you get all directions? So we use six cameras all shooting simultaneously. So there's five cameras that shoot around the equator and get the whole 360-degree view, and then one camera that shoots up and captures the the sky view, and then the sort of black hole in the spot is right underneath the camera, where we've got the PC that all the cameras write their files to, and when the final edited video, that little circle is where we put clients' logos and other information, things like that. Fascinating. So you started this business when? Uh, About a year, year and a half ago. And who is currently your clients? Because, I mean, this isn't something we don't all have, like, video sets yet or headsets that we can put on. Where, Where is this stuff being seen and used? So right now, YouTube and, and Facebook added 360-degree functionality. So if you go onto either of those sites, you'll occasionally see videos where you can scroll around and see things uh, in 360 degrees. It's not nearly as cool as the headsets, which are slowly coming to market. So like this, uh, just on the 20th, so three days ago from when we're taping, Samsung launched their uh, consumer uh, virtual reality headset called Gear VR. Uh, so you'll start seeing some advertisements for that. And then in the first and second quarter of next year, you'll see Oculus and Sony and HTC and a bunch of other companies that are going to drop their consumer units. So you'll start seeing a lot more play on the uh, on the headset side. And what's going to be the commercial use for these? Obviously, the gamers and everybody else, we've heard a lot about this, but it sounds like what you're doing is is taking this out to the masses. Yeah. So we do different sorts of things. So our initial commercial use is mainly travel clients that want content so they can take it to trade shows and show tour operators and things like that. So for instance, we just shot a couple months ago in Sri Lanka for a luxury hotel and resort chain there and we shot five of their properties plus a few of the other tours and other things going on around Sri Lanka. We put it together in 10 videos. They buy their own headsets and they'll take them to these huge trade shows in London and New York and, and Los Angeles and show people at those trade shows, you know, why should you come to our hotel if you're a travel agent? Why should you book here? And um, things like that. So that all sounds like extravagantly fascinating. So what led you to go into this life of an entrepreneur? I mean, if you think about it, you started off as an attorney. It's not like attorneys say, wow, I'm going to go and, you know, give it all up and travel and start doing, you know, travel videos that are going to be in, you know, total around surround sound 3D. So Tell me, what led you to become an entrepreneur? Well, that part of it was easy. I've been basically my own boss for 20 years. So the only boss I've ever had was my first career, which was in politics. And I worked up in D.C. And then after that, when I was a lawyer, I had my own law firm for 10 years. And then when I was traveling and doing the travel writing and photography and video, I was my own boss and doing that. So being the entrepreneur and somebody running something is the most natural part of this business. The sort of unnatural part are some of the areas that we're moving into beyond travel. We're starting to shoot uh, music and concerts and music festivals and fashion shows and things like that. And that, getting used to how those businesses work, is the new hurdle for me. A lot easier for me to think about running my own business. I've been doing that for a while. Well, you're also working with really cutting-edge technology. Have you always been someone who's been like right on the cutting edge when it came to tech? Not necessarily. I mean, this by necessity is obviously cutting edge because virtual reality wasn't commercially feasible until January of last year, realistically, when the first Oculus came out. So I feel fairly comfortable in it. One of the main reasons I came back to Austin and based here was there's a really good combination of talent with video people here, movie people, and tech people. So one of the big reasons I'm back in Austin is to start staffing up and filling some of those gaps that I have. And the tech side is something that I'm aware that 
there's a lot smarter people out there on some of the tech side than me. You just need to find them and get them on board. So how large of a company do you have now? How many people do you need to pull off one of these shoots? So the shoots are relatively small. We shoot with anywhere between two and four people, depending on whether we need drone footage, aerial footage, and whether we need specialized audio. Uh, and for the time being, most everything is freelance. So we're under, we're under 10 employees for what the company stands at. And I think as 2016 rolls along and virtual reality becomes a little bit more mainstream, uh, we'll be looking at shooting a lot more content, obviously needing a lot more folks to not only shoot it, but stitch it and edit, edit it and create motion graphics and and all the other things that go into these productions. So, Michael, you said you've been working for yourself ever since the beginning. What do you absolutely love about the life of being an entrepreneur? Oh, the total control of, of everything is great. Um, there's huge ups and downs to you know not having a paycheck and, and going out there and having to find your own business, but knowing that in the final analysis, everything good or bad is on you and your team is... It's a high pretty much every day we do stuff. It's awesome. So are there any days when you wake up and you think, you know, I could have just gone to work for a big law firm. I didn't <laughs> have to do this. Look, these people are driving me crazy. I know plenty of people that work for big law firms. So any of those thoughts go away pretty quickly. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, it's, it's something, like I said, I've been sort of my own boss for 20 years. I'm really comfortable with that. Not everybody is. And going back to my sort of law school days when I was a lawyer for 10 years, I regularly advised law students and young lawyers whether they had just sort of the emotional ability, which is the most important thing when you're on, your own boss is be able to handle the ups and downs because there's a lot more ups and there's a lot more downs when you're in control of everything and everything's on your shoulders. And a lot of people don't necessarily have that. And there's nothing wrong if they don't. There's nope. plenty of great companies out there with tons of employees. Heck, I hope I'm one of those companies with tons <laughs> of employees in the future. So. Well, and I agree. I've been working for myself six and a half years and I actually spent four and a half years inside a big, two, two big Amlaw 100 law firms. I'm not an attorney, but I was their marketing director and I worked for a bank and for a consulting firm. And, you know, I always kind of had this pull to want to do my own thing, but I never really knew what that was going to be. And now that I've been doing this for six and a half years, you're right. It's not for everybody. I'm kind of glad it's for me, but, uh, I, I totally respect people who say, that's it. I'm going back to work for a company because you've got to be able to weather kind of all of those ups and downs. Yeah. I mean, putting on my old hat as a lawyer, what I was telling young lawyers in the, in the beginning, especially the first couple of years when we're practicing, you know, are you going to be able to handle a month where you make zero dollars and zero cents? And not only financially, but just emotionally, it's a, it's, you know, strike on your ego when you just haven't cashed a check in 30 days or 40 days and, and that side of it is something that a lot of people don't think about before they go out on their own. You know, they think about a budget, they think about that. But the emotional side is really tough if you're not ready for it. Well, and a lot of people sort of self-identify who they are as a person, I think, with their career. And if you're a solopreneur and you're having one of those down months, it's really easy to get down on kind of your whole self. Yeah, and you need to be able to pull out of failure. I mean, even in this stuff we're working on now with virtual reality, you know, we'll go shoot something, and because the technology is so new, we'll come back in the studio and edit it, and it's just a failure. And you got to go back to the client and explain that and figure out how it's going. And if you can't handle that sort of, you know, again, ups and downs of things, you might not need to be on your own. <laughs> hey, I've got a couple more questions for you, Michael, but first I've got to thank my sponsor. So this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with all the equipment, training, and the guidance to ensure that you sound amazing. 
Podfly does all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content and growing your audience. Hey, if you're interested in starting a podcast, check out podfly.net. In fact, if you jump over to podfly.net slash cool things, they actually have an offer for my listeners. If you want to start a podcast, I can't say enough good things about working with this team because if it wasn't for them, I would never be able to have this podcast. Hey, so Michael, what advice do you have for somebody who maybe they are listening thinking, I kind of want to go out and do my own thing? What would you tell them? Well, I mean, a couple basics are make sure you've got the financial ability to do it. Uh, the first year of almost any business that you're going to start out is going to be tough financially. And so whether it's through family, friends, investors, however you get started, make sure you've got enough in the bank where you don't immediately have to you know, collapse things after three or four months. And then back to sort of a conversation we've had for the last 15 minutes, you know, sort of do an emotional check and make sure you're in a good mental place to do it. And simple things you know make sure your relationships in your personal life are in good shape and your relationships with your significant other if you've got one are in good shape because cranking out there and starting on your own is a lot harder than you would think especially if you've never done it so michael how important is networking for an entrepreneur oh it's huge i mean any any business i can think of off the top of my head you're going to have uh, a variety of either customers you've got to network with whether that's b2c or b2b uh, you're going to be looking for new employees. You're going to be looking for informational resources. You're going to be able to look, you're looking for freelance workers, uh, people that inspire you. You're not going to get all that sitting there by yourself. So whether it's networking online, in person, keeping up with the trade publications, all that stuff you're going to have to do. Any business you're going to start, it's a vital part of everything. Hey, so I have a part of this show called Three Pearls of Wisdom. So I'm going to ask you three really quick questions, and I just want really short answers for the audience. So the first question is, how do you celebrate the victories in your business? <laughs> Probably the best celebration, but I'm a huge uh, cigar fan. <laughs> Very nice. So on, on a big win, I always light up a good cigar. So, Michael, where do you find inspiration? I'm in the video world, so I find inspiration through really talented video people, whether it's movies, TV, or other things I see on YouTube. It's Those are the people that inspire me. If you could, so the third pearl of wisdom, if you could go back in time to Michael when he first started out, maybe just graduating law school, what's the one thing you'd whisper in your own ear? Uh, spend less money and save more. I'm pretty good about it, but you can never save enough money. God, tell me about it. I'd go back and whisper that to myself at like every stage, maybe even yeah. last week. Yeah, seriously. I mean, the, the amount of stuff that you go back and look that you waste money on is ridiculous. And down the road, you know, you're going to need it unless you're Bill Gates. <laughs> hey, so Michael, I call the show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. What's the coolest thing you're doing in your business right now? Although maybe it's just your business because that alone is pretty cool. So the business is pretty cool. What we're doing now, though, that's really cool, and the first time I've, I've gotten to do it, I was on a TV set a couple of days ago in L.A. We're shooting a stage play, which is going to be a really interesting scripted event in virtual reality, and some of the actors are on the TV show Castle. And oh, yeah. so they, they took me out to that, and I got to see them shoot uh, part of one of the episodes out there. It was a hugely entertaining and educational experience, so that thing's going to be fun. <laughs> well, that'll be fun. We'll look forward to seeing that. What is something we could talk about, Michael, and only in VR all day long, but I think the best entrepreneurs are observers. So I love to ask my guests, who's someone else you see outside of your own business? It could be your dry cleaner. It could be Elon Musk. It could be anybody in between. Who's somebody who you like it, look at and say, wow, they're crushing it. So one of my buddies down here that I, I went to college with back in the 80s and, and UT has started three or four businesses down here and he's starting a new one now. 
that hasn't really released out to the public in terms of conversation, a guy named David Rubin. And I just, every time I talk to him, I'm, it's, it's, it's his third startup um, where he's been in charge. Everything's a learning experience when I talk to him about simple things. How do you organize your time? How do you network? How do you meet the right people? How do you evaluate potential employees? Uh, and he's officed here in the shared office space that we're in, and it's a daily education topic. Yeah, I think that that's one of the greatest things. I love these shared office spaces for for startups because I think you're always getting exposed to really cool ideas and, and really cool people, and I think that's what leads us all to be able to be more creative. Yeah, and all of us have things that we do really well and don't do really well. And sort of going back to your tips, thing, one thing you need to do is sort of self-evaluate what you don't do well. Um, one of my life tips is figure out what you don't do well and don't do it. And, you know, interviewing employees is not one of my highlights. So I bring in the other people to advise me when I interview potential employees that either know more about the subject matter or have a little bit more experience in the field. And, you know, talking to him about how he goes through that process and other people educational. So Michael, in addition to being great observers, I think wonderful entrepreneurs also want to find their way to sort of give back. So I love to ask my guests, what do you do to serve the greater good? So for a long time when I was a lawyer, I found in the beginning, I founded the Innocence Project in Arkansas, which is, they're now in all 50 states, but it's the group that tries to find wrongfully convicted people that you can prove are actually innocent and get them out of, uh, out of the penitentiary. And I am involved, not as much as I want to be, but at least on the fundraising side with that. Uh, it sort of ties into my justice and legal background and something I'll be involved in for the rest of my life. Oh, that's awesome. So, Michael, I really appreciate you jumping on and just having the – I put a thing out on, on the internet saying, hey, who wants to be a guest who's an entrepreneur? And I love the fact that you know, you're a person who says yes rather than trying to find reasons to say no. Too often we find people who second guess and say, well, I don't know who that guy is or is it worth my time? So I really appreciate you saying, hey, I want to jump on. I think that Only in VR sounds like one of the coolest companies out there. So I'm hoping that we're all going to see a lot more of not only your company but also the product that you work on. So if somebody's listening to this and they're thinking, I want to find out more about that guy. I want to find out more about Only in VR. How do they find you? So the easiest way, the website is just onlyinvr.com. Uh, the YouTube channel, which we, you can see some of the 360 videos on in regular uh, YouTube format where you can scroll around, is youtube.com slash onlyinvr. That's probably the best way to get started. And you know, if anyone's got headsets out there, they can email us and we can send them some of the content they can see in the headsets. We don't have downloads available yet. We're trying to figure out what platforms we're working on, but I'm willing to show anybody any of this stuff. It's fantastic. No, that sounds great. I can't wait. I'm going to jump over to YouTube slash only in VR and check out some of your stuff right away. So thank you very much for being on the show. And thank you to everybody who listened. I know we had a little bit of background noise. He works from a shared, uh, uh, a shared office space. And so he tried to find a nice quiet corner where the people wouldn't be talking as much in the background. But I know that even with a little distraction in the background, I know this was a great episode because he had a lot of good advice to share. For those of you who listen, I always say it, that we wouldn't have a show if it wasn't for the listeners. So thanks for being part of this. And we're about to launch the Cool Things Project, which is going to be the group coaching program. So if you're interested in finding out more, send me an email at tom, T-H-O-M, at tomsinger.com. In the meantime, go out there and have a great day because we're going to be back in a couple of days with another interview. So enjoy yourself and we'll be back soon. Thank you very much. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast was produced in part by Podfly.net. Podfly, passion for great-sounding podcasts.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.